welcome to EHS on Tap. I'm your host, Jay Kumar, Editor-in-Chief of EHS Daily Advisor. This week, I talked to Allison Short, Safety and Health Specialist at Auburn University, about the challenges of EHS on a college campus. And now, on to the interview. We're joined by Allison Short, Safety and Health Specialist at Auburn University. Welcome, Allison. Hi, happy to be here. Uh, and we are at the uh, EHS Exchange in lovely Kansas City, uh, and uh, Enjoyed some uh, good conversation today and discussion, um, but I guess, uh, you know, want to talk to you about a number of things, but first off, I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do at Auburn. Sure. Um, so I am, as you said, a safety and health specialist. Um, I kind of call myself the generalist extraordinaire uh, because we're very separated out in occupational health and safety. A different group does lab safety, environmental risk management. Um, so I kind of grab all the things that are not specifically outlined. Uh, machine shops, um, forklift operator for the university, uh, trainer for the whole university. Um, uh, really just anything that, that needs to have some sort of safety attention, um, helping with research projects and verifying these novel concepts uh, that need a little bit of guidance uh, so we give that support for them. Uh, awesome and you have a, an interesting background I know you've, you've, tell, you've told the story many times but I was wondering if you could tell me sort of like you know what you originally uh, sure. started out doing in your yeah. career. Yeah absolutely so uh, my, my master's I have a bachelor's of fine arts in dance uh, and I thought I was going to change the world of art education. Uh, so I, it's now expired, but I was certified to teach dance K through 12 nice. uh, and, and thought I was gonna go work at a high school uh, and loved teaching and loved interacting with the kids at that school, but realized I didn't really wanna go to high school every day. Yeah, yeah. And so, now, well now I just go to college every day, which is, which is better, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I've improved at least, yeah. yeah. Um, but so I, I decided that I didn't want to do that, and I thought, oh my gosh, now what? Uh, I had a whole life kind of planned out, and so I got a job at this small mom-and-pop company called Power Protech, and did data entry, and had a colleague that did health and safety, and kind of said, hey, maybe at some point we can have you come work in the safety field. And so luckily, they took a chance on me, and um, and I was able to start working in safety, a little bit of marketing, and then now this has become my full-time career. Um, so I really love it. Awesome. Um, so I guess tell me a little bit about the, I mean, you sort of talked about it a little bit, but the challenges of you know EHS on a college campus. I mean, I imagine it's got to be all over the map. Sure, absolutely, yeah. So Auburn is a really unique place because we have a lot of excellent engineering. We mm. also, we actually, we just celebrated 150 years of engineering and agriculture at the university. So on both of those extremes, think about that. We've got yeah. poultry processing, we have biosystems engineering, we have people doing really incredible medical work, novel uh, drugs and research, uh, a lot of biosafety level one and two. Um, and so it's just really interesting, all these different components uh, that, that we're responsible for protecting the faculty, staff, and students uh, at this location. Um, and then we also have extension centers spread across the entire state. So that's another kind of unique mm. opportunity to, to train and to educate um, our staff and our students in all those different locations. And how do you sort of, 
I mean, I imagine you have a plan of things you have to check on. Like, how do you sort of prioritize what needs to be, you know, inspected and Absolutely. looked at? And, yeah. you know, and I imagine there's new things popping up all the sure. time, right? So. Yeah, that's such is the life of a safety professional, yeah. right? You know, you kind of have to have this this background goal to kind of make sure that you're keeping track of all these different campuses and these different risks that are that are known. Uh, but then it's a college campus. Yeah. <laughs> Kids are going to do interesting, crazy things. Right. And so you have to have a presence um, and, and have relationships with the people in these different departments uh, and talk to them and kind of be out there and and provide resources and provide um, pr- basically show up as an advisor and say, we want you to succeed. Uh, Auburn really looks at trying to say yes to as much research and interest and activity as possible. And so we show up as the people are like, hi, how do we, how do we make sure that your research can happen here? Um, so one of the things, you know, we've been at the exchange talking about a lot of different issues, uh, you know, one of which was return to work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think obviously it's different for everybody. You know, we were just in a discussion and, you know, certainly like, blue collar sort of essential workers have been, there's nothing to return to because they've been working all, right. all along, all through COVID. But, you know, for more of the white collar professional workers, you know, it's more of a graduate, you know, gradual kind of staggered thing. You know, what are some of the issues that you sort of have, have been addressing, you yeah. know, when it comes to return to work? Yeah, so we, um, we certainly have a little bit of both at Auburn. Uh, so our facilities management team has been there the whole time, uh, keeping campus up and running. Um, and then we have hybrid students. Um, and yeah, ha- was it remote for a while? So we did, or? yes. So we did a period of time when it was remote. And so I kind of, I started working there um, a little bit in the middle of COVID. Mm-hmm. So they did a lot of process and procedure before I even got there. Um, and so by the time I got there, there weren't students yet, uh, and then we started the semester with students uh, after that. Um, and so there was a lot of, of precautions, like everyone did, mm-hmm. uh, assessing our ventilation, having masking procedures and, and guidance, and um, Steril, you know, sterilizing yes, stuff. Exactly, and, yeah. exactly. Um, so we, we've managed it pretty well. Um, I think that a lot of communication was sent out from from our different departments, um, so it you know it's it's a struggle like that everyone is dealing with um, with hi- having to give people the psychological safety to to come into a workspace um, and feel like they're well there. Yeah. Let's talk about psychological safety for a minute. I mean, you know what have you sort of done that that you know to kind of help people you know deal with those. Fears. Obviously, you've had you know folks who have worked from home have you know become accustomed to you know not being in a group and now kind of have to sort of reemerge from the cocoon and uh, you know and some people just don't want to do that. Right. So what, how do you sort of address that with with folks who might be resistant to you know coming back and how do you make it feel safe for them? Sure. Um, well, I think. We have had some opportunities for the people that are able to work from home. There, there are some opportunities to have a, a hybrid schedule, um, so that helps. And I, I think that a lot of it goes back to 
building relationships with the people that you work with, with your supervisors, with the faculty, with the students um, that you're interacting with day to day. Uh, even beyond COVID procedures, just thinking about being able to raise your hand and ask for support for different risks, um, those relationships are really significant. I've been able to go onto campus for just a standard inspection, um, or I, I taught a forklift inspection or a, a forklift training mm -hmm. uh, a couple weeks ago, and I met a new person, and then I'm walking through the building for a different inspection, and they say, well, wait, hey, you're the woman that taught forklift training, right? Like, yeah, how are you doing? Um, and, and we're able to kind of build that trust and conversation, and then when something comes up that is a safety concern, they know who I am. They mm -hmm. go, wait, hey, okay. Who was the forklift person? That was Allison. I can call her and ask this question. Um, so that that is continuing to kind of create an environment where where risks can be talked about and questions can be asked. Do you feel like um, obviously the last two and a half years the focus on safety has increased? You know, the you know I think the obviously there was always a need for it, but people realize it more now. Are you sure? Are you finding that? Um, you know your your opinions, your your um, your I guess almost your everything is valued more by your administration, by sort of everybody. Like as you kind of go through your your you know daily job duties. Sure. Uh, well, it's a it's a platform that we have now mm. that. Um, like, I've, is it more valued now than it was three years ago? Potentially. Maybe. So I, yeah, I, I was not there. Uh, so right. I, I well, jumped I in, in general, but I think, I, I think yeah. for sure that, um, that safety is, is given kind of an opportunity with COVID, uh, because now we have a language that the general public understands mm. a little bit more. Yeah. Um, you know, three years ago, nobody knew what an N95 was. Yeah. And now everyone knows what an N95 is. They can tell you, for the most part, how to wear it, when to wear yeah. it. Um, so, or that they don't like Right, it. right, yeah. There's People have opinions yeah, now yeah. about N95s. And, and they have brands that they like, you know. Sure. Uh, you know, shout out to Moldex, right? <laughs> so um, so we've got this this language now that we are able to capitalize on when we're talking to people, to students, to staff, to faculty, to our stakeholders, um, that is a language that they understand because they've heard it on yeah. the TV or whatever. Um, let's uh, shift gears a little bit and talk about workplace violence. Uh, sort of another byproduct of the last couple of years is that it seems like even more so people are more prone to snapping for whatever reason you know obviously we don't know what's it with some what kind of baggage somebody's bringing right. into a workplace um but you know what are your sort of thoughts about kind of the rise of it and sort of how to how to mitigate it sure um i think definitely definitely it's on the rise uh everywhere it's not just a, a right. problem at universities as you said um and I, it, it goes back to, again, this, this kind of, you're put in a situation that maybe you don't want to be in, um, or, or you're being asked to, to come to a class or go to a place with a bunch of people maybe you don't feel comfortable, or, um, or even just fully, we talk about the kind of dynamic of 
two sides that we that we're in in the world right now if we bring up vaccines or covid or you know um you know i'm sure there's there's people like uh oh here we go um or our political conversations that is is already getting people kind of ready to to have a discussion or to or to defend themselves and so We've got all these different viewpoints, uh, and especially on a college campus, you have a lot of different perspectives. Um, we have a lot of global perspectives. Uh, and so you throw all these people on a campus together that uh, maybe don't know each other. And so you, you kind of have this innate, like, say something, yeah. you know, that, that kind of mentality. And so how do you diffuse that? Um, I think that our, our campus safety and security does a great job of, of having a presence um, but it's it's really kind of universally stating like we are we are a place of learning we are here for education we're here to have a good time we're gonna have, have a safely have a good time mm-hmm. um, we're gonna have football games uh, and so there's gonna kind be of, a lot of people at those football exactly games. exactly exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so kind of a, a universal front of we're here for for the education of these students. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about uh, safety technology, sort of pros and cons. Um, you know, what are some sort of advancements advancements in safety tech that you know you feel are really helping safety professionals do their job better? Sure. Um, so we are working on right now uh, updating all of our inspection systems uh, with. I believe smart sheets um, and and kind of shifting to create our own system um, and and have that linked in and back to a dashboard that will give us some information that we can then use to report up mm-hmm. about our different findings. Um, we've got an entire industrial systems uh, engineering group that really does a lot of interesting research on technology that's that's being used for specifically safety. Uh, so we get to we get to be pulled in a little bit sometimes to kind of talk about that stuff and and see what's going to go out into the world for these new safety professionals uh, to use. What are um, some concerns you have about? sort of safety tech and you know obviously there's a lot with AI now and Mm -hmm. you know a lot of things that you know there's privacy concerns what are some sort of your thoughts on that sure Um, I think it I think it's probably valid Uh, I think that often the people that will be interacting with this technology are maybe not consulted before Mm -hmm. it's rolled out Um, you know so I I think it's important to talk to those workers especially if it's going to be uh, from on high that we're yeah. now using this equipment. Uh, it may be super helpful. It, there's a lot of areas where AI is excellent for training and for giving people who have never had this experience before an opportunity to use it. Uh, you, know, you think about those uh, big rig simulators where mm-hmm. if I've never driven this kind of vehicle before, that's a, that's a great way right. to give me a really safe way to learn how to use this equipment. It's like flight simulators. Exactly, guess, right? yeah. exactly, the same thing. Um, so I think that avenue of training and of giving that physical exposure in a safe way is a really cool opportunity for technology. Definitely. Um, so wanted to ask you, you know, how has your job changed over the last few years? And I know that you you changed jobs sure. literally uh, to start at Auburn, but like how you know how do you just sort of see in, in terms of the field 
and what you have to do. You know, how has that changed and how do you see it? Where do you see it going you know, in the future? Yeah, um, I think we talk about technology and we talk about um, these new initiatives and programs and more and more, I think the biggest impact that safety professionals can have is redirecting that conversation back to the people um, and really investing in relationships with your upper management, with your frontline workers, with your white collar, blue collar, purple collar mm -hmm. people, um, to hear their opinions and to hear their struggles um, and to maybe use some of that technology or are those new um, opportunities to directly influence their work and their life. I think that, um, that that's going to continue to be really important as we, as we go on. And you see, like, um, obviously, leadership buy-in is a huge deal if you want to invest in safety and in, mm -hmm. in your, wherever you work. Um, do you feel like that, and we kind of talked about it already, but that that's going to kind of take on more value and more weight uh, you know, as the years go on, where you know you can you know, go to your go to your C-suite and say, "Hey, this is what we need to do to make this campus yeah. or this business safe." Absolutely, yeah. I um, I was just having a conversation at this conference here about um, the need for safety people to be salespeople. Yeah. Uh, we this is our commodity that we're selling. We're selling safety, uh, and so. Maybe that's an opportunity. You know, go get some some personal development on your sales pitches uh, to be able to talk to all levels of the organization about yeah, because it can't just be like you can't just go through like you know mountains of spreadsheets and mm -hmm. you have to like kind of you know make it uh, you know kind of snappy and right and yeah and you got to show biz a little elevator, bit elevator elevator yeah. pitch it yeah yeah um, well Allison I want to thank you so much for joining me today it's been great yeah it's been fun thank all you. Right. That wraps up episode 131 of EHS on Tap. You can find more information about the show and listen to on-demand episodes at ehsdailyadvisor.blr.com. You can subscribe to the show on SoundCloud, Amazon Music, Google Play, iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I hope you join me next time.